0: Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of the Holy Spirit that as your scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Our first reading comes to us from the book of Genesis, from the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 4. God told Abram, leave your country, your family, and your father's home for a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation and bless you. I'll make you famous. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, those who curse you, I'll curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left just as God said. Our second scripture reading comes to us from the gospel according to John from the third chapter, one that contains a verse that is familiar to so many of us. But I will begin with verse 1, chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, We all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. And Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus... Be born who has already been born and grown up. You can't reenter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? And Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into and not life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, just that, a body you can look at and touch. But the person who takes shape within is formed by something you cannot see and touch the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be so surprised when I tell you that you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above, by the wind of God, the spirit of God. Nicodemus asked, What do you mean by this? How does this happen? And Jesus said, You're a respected teacher of Israel and you don't know these basics. Listen carefully. I'm speaking sober truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I have seen with my own eyes. There is nothing secondhand here, no heresy. Yet instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. If I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face and you don't believe me... What use is there in telling you of things you can't see? The things of God. No one has ever gone up into the presence of God except the one who came down from that presence, the Son of Man. In the same way that Moses lifted the serpent in the desert so people could have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up and everyone who looks up to him trusting and expectant will gain a real life, eternal life. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't do to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God When introduced to him, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God for it. Pray with me. Gracious and holy God, in the hearing of scripture this morning, we call upon the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds to hear what you would have us hear this day. As we journey in this season of Lent, you call us into a season of reflection of remembrance, of preparation. And so may the words of my mouth and the collective meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I have a question. How many of you have received a call, a word? an assignment to basically pick up, drop everything, and go somewhere you've never been before? You have? Yeah? How so? Yeah. Okay, you weren't expecting that, were you? All right, so Elise had a roommate whose car broke down and had to go pick them up unexpectedly, not knowing where she was or what she needed, and, and went, right? She got that call. But how many of you have left everything familiar to you to go to a new place? Many of you have. Yeah. Yeah. We leave, you know, we get accustomed to being in a particular space, a particular area, and, and, and we get comfortable. We get rooted in, right? And, and then to all of a sudden say, I'm going to just pick everything up and go somewhere else. And I don't know how I feel about that. How many of you grew up in military families? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a, here's a fun fact about your pastor. Um, I suffered from the every two years I need to break out the boxes and pack them up because it was time to move. That was what a life of living an active duty military life could look like because you would go on to the next duty station, right? So you would just pack it up. You would go to the next place. And that was really hard as a kid, as a teenager. Um, because I was never really rooted into a particular place long enough. I mean, I had friends, but not anything that would sustain, and I wasn't mature enough to really maintain relationships once leaving, right? And so you just kind of go and you start getting settled again. And so for me, at this point in my life, I've lived in this area, the Raleigh area, since 2000. It's the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. So much so that there are times when I will go out and I will run into somebody who is familiar to me because I have all of these different pathways. Is this something that y'all have experienced that when you live somewhere long enough, you may run into somebody you know at the grocery store or Target or whatever that might be? And it's such a weird feeling and also a place of great comfort. And I think if I got the call from the bishop that says, you're going to go where I send you, I would probably balk a little bit. One, because I love you all and I'm not quite ready to go. (laughs) And two, be like, what do you mean? I got to go somewhere and start all over again. Like, I don't want to, like, it just, just don't. I just want to stay where I know things, where I know where my prescriptions can be filled, where I can get my teeth cleaned, you know what I mean, where I can get the best sushi during the week. Um, And yet we are pressed into this season of wilderness that basically we hear from the story, if you were here last week or listened to scripture last week, that Jesus came out of the water from his baptism and the Holy Spirit came upon him and we heard the voice of God that says, this is my son, my beloved, in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And then it was the Spirit that took Jesus into the wilderness. And sometimes when we read that scripture, we may think of wilderness as a bad place. One of desolation, of isolation, loneliness, not having all the things that you need. And then we forget that the Spirit was with Jesus throughout the duration, that Jesus was not alone in the wilderness, that Jesus had the presence of the Holy Spirit with him throughout that time leading up to the testing with Satan. We understand that the wilderness was also what God's people walked through being freed from slavery in Egypt and led by a cloud in the day and a pillar of fire at night into the promised land. And how long were they on that journey? Forty years. A really, really, really long time. But were they alone? No. They had God's presence in their midst. They had one another a community. They then had the sustenance that they needed. Water came out of rocks. Manna fell from heaven. And there were so many quail, their needs for meat was easily taken care of by God. And it was a season of transformation for them that they had to forget the patterns of old. They had to give up the seeming comfort and normalcy of slavery of you're going to get up and make X amount of bricks this morning and then you're going to go home and you're going to do it all over again. That was familiar, that was comfortable, but was that what God intended for them? I would say no. I would say absolutely not. That God intended something so much more for their life that God would call the unlikely Moses who argued for having Aaron to join him to lead them into a different place. Same for us. Then in the season of Lent, we are called to go to a place that may not be familiar to us. That may not be comfortable, that may not look the way we expect it to look. And yet we make that journey together. We make that journey because we have the power of the Holy Spirit with us, guiding and leading and sustaining us. Because we know ultimately where this journey through the wilderness is going to lead us. It's going to lead us to the cross the resurrection of a risen Savior, of a revelation of who God is and who we are in relationship to God because of who Jesus was. And we could stand on all of the religious teachings like Nicodemus did, or we can lean into the Holy Spirit to teach us more, to teach us different To lead us to a new life. But is it easy work? Oh, good grief. No. I would say absolutely not. But is it one that we are to shy away from? I would say probably not. You're all sitting here today, you are all led here by the Spirit to hear a word from God to gather together this morning, to come to the table to receive God's grace, a gift that you cannot earn, but which is freely given to you because you trust that God can provide to you all of the things that you need, even when you don't know what they are. But it may call us to leave a place of comfort and familiarity Into a journey that God has already laid before us. And together with the Spirit, we'll figure that out and we'll take those necessary steps. Trusting that God is with us every single step of the way, even if we take a very, very meandering path all the way around. Am I right? So when God says, go from your country, leave the place that you have known and go to the place that I have for you. Let us trust that God does not leave us on this journey alone, that God will provide everything that we need. And today we'll experience one of those by coming to the table. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.